The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. This is Shaken and Stirred, the quarantine sessions, um, and we are zooming it right to you. I mean, it's, like so, it's like summer here again. It's like so beautiful. It's like crazy. I mean, it's. Can you stop rubbing it in? Every oh, time just... I greet you, every day, you look more and more like a beetroot. Red. You know, boasting again. That is Tom Astor in Blighty in Oxford in sort of roaring summer conditions, even though it is spring. And quite frankly, if you're in New York, where I am, it is basically <laughs> freezing cold and sub-zero temperatures and sleeting. Um, you've got a rather cool guest today, someone who I met about 10, 15 years ago. I'm not even sure how long ago it was. And I photographed him. He was a young up-and-coming musician and He's really kind of broken into the scene because of what's happening right now with the quarantine, of all things. So I will be revealing that very, very soon. But um, a little bit of booze news. You know, we've obviously been talking about the quarantine sessions. And one of the things that I've been finding out a lot about researching, Tom, which I find really interesting, is that, as we discussed, so many places are closed. Restaurants you can get pick up. Bars and a lot of alcohol stores are still serving, or you can still go and buy. They're what they're considered an essential. However, bars and restaurants, when you order food from them, a lot of them you're not allowed to actually pick up a pre-made cocktail, right? You can that's just not they can serve your food, but they can't serve your alcohol. However, there is a workaround, right? So there are now these cocktail kits you can buy when you buy your food in places like New York State and in Washington State. Uh, and a few other places where they'll actually put together a kit for you that you buy and have delivered that has the bottle of tequila or Campari or Hennessy, whatever it is, whatever alcohol it is, with all the mixes. So you, you get that and you can take it home and you mix your own cocktail. So it's called the cocktail kit. And it's very, very popular. It's everywhere. Brilliant, right? Brilliant idea. And also, you want to drink your cocktail freshly made. You don't want to, I didn't think you want to be carrying around in a bottle and then trying to re, you know, recreate it at home. They've got to be fresh cocktails. But otherwise, it's definitely going to be overshaken. Overshaken, yes. I'm going to be yeah. overshaking you right now. <laughs> God, I don't want that terrifying thought. I don't want it Terrifying to thought, and don't say anything else. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually loved, I saw Stanley Tucci, the actor, create a rather brilliant Negroni um, on his Instagram. And I think a lot, what you're seeing is a lot of celebrities out there mixing cocktails now. As you mentioned, I think the other day, Tom, everyone's getting in on the act of making cocktails. Something that considered to be almost a little fuddy-duddy, who does cocktails? Now, everybody has realized there's a, re a resurgence of how amazing, delicious cocktails are. And everyone's doing them because we've got time to make a cocktail. And on that note, what are you drinking, Tommy boy? Because it's later here in England. It's, it's, it's evening and I, it's been a hot day and I wanted something refreshing. I am having a good old fashioned Moscow mule or buck cocktail, which is vodka, spicy ginger beer, and theoretically a squeeze of lime. Although mine is, I got a little bit of lemon in it because I can't find lime. Wonderful. And I decided to sort of up the ante and I made something called a hellfire. <laughs> Hellfire, which is uh, tequila based, which I love. I'm a big tequila fan. And it is made with grapefruit juice and um, pomegranate juice, has cayenne pepper in it and cinnamon, so it's spiced and uh, brown sugar. And as I showed you, it has a, I've actually dried out. This is done by some of my neighbors who gave these to me because I know I like cocktails. And they dried out some uh, blood red oranges for me and I've got a, a dried one on the side so it's rather nice because it's got a real strong bitter flavor to that 
Um, and it's a real spice, it's a real kick. So cheers. Chin chin. It might make you talk less. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing fire. All righty. We're rather excited because it's not often that we get stood up. In fact, <laughs> 26 episodes in, guests from all over the world, superstars, you name it, and not yeah. once have we been stood up. <laughs> but of course, this is the quarantine sessions where anything is possible. <laughs> and I'm just trying I to think, establish. I think that he's actually trying to parody me. I think that this was his, uh, his attempt to make a fool of me, a mockery of me, as is his way. I'm talking about him. You'll recognize his voice from the voice, actually. Um, and if not, you may have heard his parodies by hits by Adele, Madonna, and of course, The Knack, to name but a few during the coronavirus. Please welcome singer, songwriter, and a friend of mine from a while ago. I've actually oh, shot yeah. him, Chris Mann. Hello. <laughs> I just uh, I just wanted to establish my global uh, celebrity status, and the way that I do that is by standing you up and just letting you know that you're going to have to come to me from now on. So I think it worked. I think we know who's in charge here. Clearly, and clearly, and I actually love the fact that you are in your onset of the old-fashioned uh, release That's video. Right. You're actually in your bedroom. That's I recognize right. it. I'm running out of locations. Uh, can, I also, I, can, I also, can I also say that you managed to stand us up, but it did only last about an hour and a half, by which, by the time you decided not to stand us up, yes. and, and decided for whatever reason it was, um, I got a call back in England, at which point I was tucked up in bed, as I said tonight, and too far <laughs> away from my computer to, to get on. So um, That's fine. I well, still no, have It would have been rather amusing to have done this with him in the bed. Um, yeah. And actually, think, maybe that's a whole nother podcast i think so so, so what well, are you I'm drinking we Chris? well i am drinking an old-fashioned in honor of <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug product yeah. placement product placement. <laughs> yeah i have uh, i had a uh, i also made a old-fashioned yesterday when we were supposed to do it and i was an hour late um time zones are hard for me that's all i have to say about that um yeah so i have a new song that came out today called old-fashioned what better way to celebrate that than with an old-fashioned at 1 p.m so, so, usually, so, I mean, yeah. first of all, most people have like a sort of a random story about their drink, right? It's sort of, well, I met my girlfriend, it was my first kiss, it was, we did this, I got drunk when I was at school, or you know what, I'm, I'm now mature and I've discovered gin and blah, blah, blah. But you're oh, like, wow. no, I wrote a song and I released it yesterday. It's my new <laughs> song, it's my new single, and it's called Old Fashioned. <laughs> That's uh, right. Come it on, what's the now? story? Why Old Fashioned? Why did you write a song about Old Fashioned, for God's sakes? And can, yeah. we, can we have yeah, it? We can dig in. Yeah, of course. So. Actually, I wrote, um, I don't know, maybe you'll appreciate this in, uh, in what you do or not, but I actually wrote Old Fashioned in 2017. So that's three years ago before it came out. And that's something, that's like a pattern that I have in my career, which is really annoying because I'll, I'll write something and then I'll get distracted or I'll get busy or I'll question it or I'll think, oh, I don't know, I'm no, this isn't right now. So, uh, but I've always loved this song and um, Old fashioned, it wasn't about the drink. It's about, uh, you know, keeping, taking it back to the basics. It's, sure. it's, it's saying the chorus is all about how you can call it old school, but I call it classic. You know, this, this feeling in a new thing, baby, it's magic. So it's, uh, and the irony of it all in coming out, which is not planned right now, is that it's all about um, sweatpants, getting drunk and bourbon, being stuck in your bedroom, 
um, all the things that we're actually doing. Like, what does a date night look like right now? Well, it probably looks like the video I just released, which we shot here in this room and just had fun with it because we, we got dressed up and tried to pretend for once that we were going somewhere normal. Um, but of course, um, as the brilliant life-changing video shows, that was what a critic said, me. Um, it isn't either of those things. <laughs> we end up getting, just cool. taking, putting our sweatpants on and, you know, hanging out. So anyway, the, I also love old fashions and um, I love bourbon. I love brown drinks. Uh, so there's really not a story there as much as I just enjoy drinking them. Um, do you guys like old fashions? I'm actually not a huge old fashioned fan myself. I'm actually drinking something called a Hellfire right now. Um, yeah, what is that? Which is a sort of a, a it's cayenne, um, cinnamon, tequila, okay. pomegranate, and grapefruit with an old dried um, blood orange on the side that we made ourselves. And it, it blows your mouth up, but it's fantastic. It's a sort of perfect for this hour. I like it a little bit of spice. Gets my Sri Lankan jeans going. I was hoping that this drink with all these cayenne peppers in might make might like ruin his vocal cords and make him talk less, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> Do you always have a different drink or is this one you- I always have a different drink, but I, today I decided to base my drink on the color of Tom's skin, because quite frankly, it's really <laughs> too hot in England right now. And he's looking like a hellfire. That's funny. I don't love, I'll have like one, I have zero tolerance. I'm just gonna say it, I'm a giant pussy when it comes to spice. And I, uh, I, I can't- I saw that I'll have dance like, moves, by the way, in your video, but anyway, carry yeah, on. You know, I, I have um, many talents and I never said that dancing was one of them. Uh, however, those, some of those dance moves, like, well, of course the silly ones are supposed to be funny, but the ones that, uh, that were not supposed to be funny that still might've been, are actually from Justin Timberlake's choreographer. Oh my God, uh, so wait a second. I watched okay. it and my, my, by the way, FYI, great song, playing it, oh, thank you. daughter comes in, perfect demo for you, walks in, goes, oh, this is a great song, daddy, and looks up, she well, goes, who's this? And I'm like, oh, this is clear. And she started, she immediately got the tune, really, she got into it. And guess what she said? He's dancing like Justin Timberlake. There you go, Said TikTok. no one ever, TikTok. said no one ever. <laughs> Do you know how much effort it took to try and like remotely pull that off. I was in these, um, this was months and months and months ago. I had a concert in Los Angeles where I lived before all this shit. And I uh, was like, all right, I'm gonna do some stage coaching. And I had a connection to his choreographers. And so I thought it was gonna be this very casual get together, but I show up at the studio in North Hollywood and it's three of his top choreographers all in this huge dance studio with just me. I'm not a dancer. And so I, I was very nervous already. And they were trying to teach me these news, moves and I, I'm smart enough to notice when they started just slowly downgrading the level of difficulty <laughs> that they were asking of me. Like people that just make it look so effortless, it's so hard. And uh, so this was my like, um, my dream that never came true of being a member of NSYNC was um, essentially <laughs> coming out in this, in this video. <laughs> That's hilarious, That's absolutely hilarious. So listen, this video has, is that your wife? I don't know her. Is that your wife in the yeah. video? Yeah, so she and I, thank you. I don't know that we, we would have just met when you and I met. So, I mean, and to clarify, just because it was fun to think about, I met you at Sundance and it was in like 2009. Right. Is that right? Or eight? Like one of those, like a long time ago. And I remember that night very well because it was a very, I was just starting and it was a memorable night for me to sing in a, it was a weird environment. We were in a restaurant. That's right. I was, I like came out and sang essentially acapella or, I don't, or something like that in a restaurant, really weird. But right in the front table was you, 
and Kim Kardashian. Wasn't it Kim Kardashian? I, I think it was Chloe. It might, it might have been Chloe. Chloe Kardashian. Well, I think Chloe was there as well. Okay. And then uh, Paris, Hilton. Paris Hilton. That's who it was. Because we were still dealing with the Hiltons. We right. hadn't even gotten to the shit show that is the Kardashians. <laughs> I actually, it, was, it was similar though. Similar time. I was, I, was, I, I know because the Kardashians were at, a, at an exhibition that I had right around that. I was releasing a new film of mine um, called uh, A Sealed Fate. Um, and you, you performed. By the way, yes, exactly, and oh. I remember it well. Oh, I'm sorry. It was called Sex Tape. Is that what you said? And that's why you invited all these, <laughs> all of them. It was called Sex Tape. Oh. All right. Yeah, that was about the time when all of your sex tapes were out. That makes sense. You were really on on the pulse there. Yeah. Also, nice. I like the way you plowed in there. As soon as Chris said <laughs> the shit show, like yeah, I totally associated yourself with what he described. <laughs> oh yeah. So you um, you were nice enough to offer to uh, take some pictures. And I lived in, in New York at the time. And anyway, that's what we did. And I, I love those pictures. And I still, um, you know, I actually shared one not too long ago. Just absolutely, did. it was a blast from the past when I saw it. Yeah, on blast from the past. Something like that. And I thought I looked, to myself, we need to do this again. And I looked fucking amazing in those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Where did all the years go? They went right here and right here, down here. It, in the child's arms. Not at all. You look amazing. Nice. How, incredible. Nice, nice. How did he look? Sorry, you're, the, you're, you're used do to not, sort of do do not judge. Let's have a proper judge one. Uh, he, it was fine. He, he, he was giving me the, um, uh, you know, it was all in the eyes. It was all like the drama. the drama. I was giving you all the, it was a lot. It was a lot of drama. And um, I know that you, you probably have questions that you want to ask, but I have this very brilliant story that's in sort of involves you. And it's, it's a moment or one of many where I've put my foot in my mouth along the way. And it was, it was a number of years after I had met you, but my wife and I, have wa we watched your show with Tyra and we also watch um, Project Runway. And I, ended, I found myself performing at an event and this is gonna be, I have to preface for you and the audience, I'm about to name drop real hard, okay? So forgive me <laughs> and it's, 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 it is what it is. So I was at, I was asked to perform at this high profile birthday party. Dermo, please. Bill Clinton introduces me at this party and hands me my microphone. I perform. And after uh, I perform, other, you know, other more important people perform, but everyone's at this party. It's at their, it's at this person's backyard. But Heidi Klum is there. And also Oprah. There was a lot of people. So I, I uh, like the big finale of this of this concert is the a screen came up and behind it was Stevie Wonder going happy birthday and everybody's freaking out and we're literally in someone's backyard I mean you guys have I'm sure you've been to parties like this but everyone all the time he's gonna sing happy birthday to me on Monday <laughs> happy birthday I love so but I found myself in between I grabbed two glasses of wine I'm in between Heidi Klum and Bill Clinton dancing and Bill Clinton is surrounded by Holly Bel Air women who are so excited to see him. And I end up, huh? Interns. Oh yeah, a lot of interns, Bel Air interns. So I, the music stops and then I, I end up um, in alone with Heidi Klum being like, it, just on the floor, that moment where you're both like, connect eyes and I, you're like, I guess we should chat. And she probably was like, fuck, I can't, I don't want to talk to this person, I don't know him. I am very good with people, but as Laura, will, my wife will tell you, when put up with a celebrity that I, actually I'm excited to meet, I'm the worst. Because I, I have no, my brain goes blank. I don't 
know what to say. I say everything wrong. That's just why to... you missed our podcast yesterday. You got oh. excited. Your mind went blank. You forgot. I was so, so excited. I'm excited now. Yeah, it wasn't that I just fell low on the priority list. It was because I was so nervous. <laughs> so we fell low on the priority list. No, no, that's not it. So anyway, I, I had my only connection to Heidi Klum, of course, in my moment of idiocy, was Nigel Barker. Because, and I'm telling her, Heidi, you know, we I, you know, I did this shoot with Nigel. We're good friends, such good friends. Talk to him like once every 10 years, really close. And I watch your show with him all the time. And I'm, I'm like slicking her up. I'm just complimenting her, thinking I'm so slick, at which point she stops me and she goes, you're talking about Tyra. And then she removes herself from the conversation. <laughs> and I was like, you fucking ah! idiot. Ah! Um, but I, I got so nervous, I name dropped Nigel Barker and it was totally wrong. And that was my one experience <laughs> with Heidi. Oh my God. Nice. No, I know. It happens, to be honest with you, and to be in all fairness, you're not the first. It happens all the time. Really? I'm sure People she get gets so tired. The shows. They come up to me and they go, oh, I love you on Project Runway. I love you on Project Runway. The funny thing is, is I've actually been on Project Runway many times. You would have, you would have seen me. I've guest judged. I've, I've oh, yeah, I have. I have. We've seen every episode. For, for Project yeah. Runway. So I have. It's just I wasn't a regular. So sure. any stretch. So obviously, Tyra, I mean, Tyra and Heidi. And Heidi, of course, does Germany's top model. So she's the host of Germany, which by the way, yeah. people don't know this, Germany's Next Top Model is actually the biggest top model franchise in the world. And really? it's huge. It's a very big number one show in Germany and in Europe. And it's wow. arguably bigger than the Americans version. Are you getting sponsored to say that? Is there something I'm missing? <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to speak to her about that. You look more German than I do anyway. Well, that's hilarious, that's hilarious Chris. These things happen. Before we go, we've gone completely off track. I want yes, to we talk have. about what is happening in your life right now, which is happening in all our lives, but what, what you've done is turn it on its head. Of course, yeah. we're calling these the quarantine sessions. This, we're all Zooming right now. Normally I would be with you in a room and we'd, you know, we'd be in a studio and we'd be face to face having a drink and having a chat. Instead, we're doing it like this because of what's happening. And you have very smartly, very cleverly created these parodies, these spoofs of so many songs and they have just resonated so well Thanks. My Sharona, I mean, as soon as this happened, I immediately was singing my Sharona from day one, by the way. And I was oh, yeah. playing my friends, I was playing it to them. I even said to Tom, I think, I sent it to Tom. You did, you said you should do a parody, get your guitar, I get your banjo out, do a parody. And then you did it. I, 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 mean, so I, I was like, oh my God, you know. So tell us, what, where, where did this all happen? Thank God you did it. Thank God. Like, the world would never be the same. I, I think you nailed it because nice sentence to me and I was like actually you know what if you're going to do it thank god someone's done it and thank god it's like we don't have to talk about that anymore this is an, a complete <coughs> accident and fluke and that has now taken on a life of its own that I had no intention of being a part of so it's um this has been a very um exciting and overwhelming five weeks at this point that we've been quarantined here so I uh before Five weeks ago, I w was known for something other than singing into an to empty toilet paper roll. And I actually had been pursuing for 20 years, uh, like a career as a recording artist. And at the very beginning of that pursuit was, was when I met you. So, I mean, I have been on and off major labels. At the time I met you, I was on Sony. 
I was, you know, doing some big promotional stuff, like when I met you at Sundance and then ended up getting dropped when they fired everybody at the label. I, I was actually in San Francisco at iTunes showcasing uh, their top releases of 2008 and then got dropped. So that was like the beginning of everything. So I, anyway, but that's a different podcast. You know, when you perform, you're bearing in mind the production quality, you're in your bedroom, you're doing the stuff. And it's great. It's sharp. It's brilliant. And it's behind it. It's brilliantly entertaining, right? And, and that's shown by just how many people are watching you. Do you have to really sit down and think about what you're going to do? I mean, obviously, the iCrona thing, you didn't have that much time to think about it and do it. But do you have to, or can you just do it off the cuff? And if you can do it off the cuff, before the end of our podcast, will you do something off the cuff? <laughs> I'll think about it. I, I guess I got a little um, off there, but what I... The point being is that I, I don't make, I haven't done parody before. And I, all of my concerts had, had just been canceled and um, like every other musician. And I was frustrated and, you know, worried and scared. And, you know, my, that's how I make a living. Honestly, we had just decided we're going to quarantine. I went to that, make that huge grocery store run where we spend a fortune and you're fighting sure. to get stuff off. This is back, you know, five weeks ago. It was a little bit different that people were panicking and you couldn't find a parking spot. And I it's not toilet paper. Couldn't, there was zero toilet paper, absolutely none. So I, I had all that. I had just come from that. We put Hugo down and I was just like bored, I guess. There was, I don't know why, but I went into the bathroom and I recorded on GarageBand my Corona. And to answer your question, Tom, it doesn't take me long. I write these lyrics pretty quickly and really enjoy doing it, but I put zero thought into it. And then I decided I was going to make a video and I, I grabbed any prop the NCAA had just been canceled. March Madness was gone. I grabbed a basketball. I grabbed Purell. Like we had gloves that I had just worn at the store. I put them on and I had a chair in front of me and I used my phone on a tripod and I did a one take video and I literally didn't think twice. I thought maybe my friends would think it was funny and I've posted it like I've posted a hundred other things. And in four days it had 20 million views. It was a complete 20 million, 20 million, 20 million in four days. Oh my, How about, what are you up to now? Well, I started releasing other ones that has spread it out. It's close to 30. Um, I haven't checked. Wow. Honestly. That, now, tell me, let me ask you another question. What, how instrumental was your wife in the filming of this video? Well, the first one, zero. I did it alone in the bathroom. You literally put it on a tripod, put your camera up and did it. Yeah. And then okay. I edited it. Well, I didn't have to edit that one. I do. I've done all the editing myself. This is all still like, though I, I have the skills to do it just from having had needed to send vocals to people or whatever but this is all basic i'm using my iphone i'm using this phone i'm using imovie and i'm using GarageBand. those are all things that just come preloaded on my computer and that's that's the extent of it and then um obviously having revolutionary and brilliant taste clearly <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about that incredibly modest too I, I love i'm just joking <laughs> i'm totally kidding but um no, it's a total accident. So when it started going crazy, um, we looked at each other because as I, the point of what I said before is that I've been, I've had million dollar budgets at major labels and never had anything close to this. We were looking at each other like, what? I didn't think this was possible. I didn't think anything like this really happened. But so I decided to do a follow it up with something that was a little bit more skillful, or at least in my mind, and not quite as spoofy. So I did the Stay Home Vogue which I had a really good time making. Again, I did it alone in the bathroom uh, after watching Madonna's video countless times to be like, how does this choreography go? Um, Why are you doing it alone? You know, the, the amount of people who have said, 
I was just doing it alone in the bathroom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, with my just, iPhone. I don't know what you're talking my... about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, uh, why am I doing it alone? Well, honestly, they they weren't a thing. I just um, I don't know. She's in school full time. She's getting her master's in acupuncture, and so she's online school, and we have a toddler, and so it was just one of those things where when he was napping and she was in school, I, it would give me something to do. So that's that's why. But starting with Vogue, my she has a she's an actor and in, uh, in, in her former career and a director. And so I what I was doing was recording the song and recording the footage and then editing it. And then I would show her like a first cut. And she from the second song started giving me excellent feedback that I would basically tweak or do a reshoot on a part. And then that would be the final product. So it's been very fortunate for me to have someone give me really great feedback before I post it because it's made the videos better in the long run. Have, okay, videos better, but have the viewing numbers been as good as the first one? The My Corona one is for sure the largest, but the Adele one Isn't that made, fun though, right? Like there's something about the, the simplicity of yeah. that first one that, and, and the lack of production. I remember when I saw it too, even thinking he's done this himself because of the way you've done it, but I loved it because it was yeah. so brutally honest, which speaks to exactly what everyone was going through at that moment. Sarah, mm. The by yourselfness, the kind of like, you could almost see it, it was, it was tangible in, in the video. And I think that was part of that magic. I'm curious, do you have a favorite one you've done of these parodies? I think, I don't know, man. They're like, I love them all. I think they're, I'm really proud of them all. I, I don't think I would count my Corona as my favorite. I would probably say, I know that one's not my favorite, but. There, I think what you said is right. Like there's something that was just, it, it, well, it took an hour to do it. So like something about that just read honest and connected. And so that's really lucky. Um, but of course I like to, I like production. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start editing and make this more complicated. And I'm really proud of the Adele one. I, I think that would probably be my favorite. That, that's pretty brilliant. I mean, I gotta say, I, I think I might've cried a little bit watching that one. <laughs> I mean, when you push your face up against the window, it, I mean, it was just so hilarious, you know. And by the way, one thing to do a spoof, but you can you can really sing. You've got the vocals. I mean, that's no joke. Yeah, I've been listening, and I'm going, okay, I can actually enjoy this as well as love. Well, but no, I was about to say because you do all the spoof stuff, and you can you can do that successfully because you're so good at vocals, and you've clearly got an amazing voice. Can I ask you if you know? I don't know. You might not know. With your musical talent, is there a goal you have as a musician where that you that you aspire to kind of at the moment? I mean, yeah, of course. This whole thing happened at a very interesting time. So, of course, my goals would be. I always admired Harry Connick Jr. in my life just because he covered, he was a recording artist and a live performer, but he also did Broadway and he also does TV and film. So that's always been a career that I've always wanted to emulate. Uh, I think doing like a, a Radio City musical in New York would be obviously like something that would be amazing for me. And then uh, I have done Broadway performing on the road, but you know, doing something in New York would be great. But my dream always, you know, has been to win a Grammy. Like these are things that every singer wants. But like I said, I've done this for so long and I've had some really amazing opportunities and things that I'm proud of. And I've had some really shitty things happen too, because that's what happens. But the thing that has happened lately is that all my concerts, which I love doing live, the feedback has always is consistently like, that was so funny. Like I, I had such a great time. That was so funny. And I, I would always sort of be 
like, okay, well, I hope you like the singing because I'm a singer. And but yet it was always about the banter. And my over the last number of months, my wife and I have been trying to understand like, all right, the, we need, I need to try to push, make this a real thing. How do I do that? I don't even know. Cause I, people Chris, know me don't for- Don't you have a manager? Don't you have an no. Well, I have, uh, I have been self-managed for years. I've had, you know, my team has shifted. Hold it for a second, because uh -huh. I've done my research too on you. And I've looked, you, I've looked up your old interviews and I was watching you on YouTube and how you're talking to people. And, and even when you're talking to people and it's the morning news or, or it's the morning and you're, talk, you're promoting something you're up to. This is what I got. This was my takeaway. My takeaway from you was that you're a comedian. Right. And every time the way you approached everything, the way you work the camera, you, 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 you look at people and then you've got comedic timing in the way you just say hello and, and, and push people around with your words, which is very clever. It's not easy to do that, to control a crowd like that as an entertainer. It's not easy. Not many people. You see a lot of actors sit in a chair, late night television, and the host is all over them. There are some people mm -hmm. who can sit down and they control the room. You have that ability, by the way. And I wasn't sure whether you got it from working a crowd, being in, in music, sitting as a, as a right. corner kind of thing, looking at people and being able to eye contact them and move them around. But I'm like, what's next for you? Is it, is it actually acting? Is it moving yeah. into that world? Because clearly you've got yeah. that. Well, thank you. That's, thank you. Yeah, the, what you, you hit the nail on the head. That's very generous of you to say, um, was, I was looking for, I didn't know how to make this transition because I was so stuck in this previous reputation. And by the universe and whatever, I made one attempt and it was my Corona without even meaning to like, let that be part of it. But now it's just blown open and it, and I don't, it just happened. And now that's for sure. Like my goals moving forward are not primarily music-based. So it's just been blown open and this thing's happened. Can I ask you, knowing the way the music business works, have you been approached by oh, yeah. anyone? Oh yeah, I have. And the reason I missed our interview yesterday is that I'm, I'm very lucky and overwhelmed with some incredible opportunities right now that have deadlines that are overwhelming me. And I straight up just lost track of time. So I'm, I'm actually a little bit- you hear that? Tom, he just said the reason why he missed our interview yesterday because he was lucky. Lucky. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, about comedic timing and, and make, pushing us around. He actually somehow managed to say that he was lucky that he missed our interview yesterday <laughs> because of all the way, amazing opportunities he had. All the real opportunities. I heard that differently. I heard that he missed, no, our, missed our time slot yesterday because he was overwhelmed, is that, what I heard. I think Tom is correct. But yeah. also, what's wonderful is, is that. Um, before before you were due to come on to the interview, Nigel had pointed out to me he'd, we'd been in conversation, having a chat about you, and he said he'd met you, and you know he was just we were sort of shooting the breeze about you. And one of the things Nigel said about you was that you were fucking hysterical, right? So when you when you failed to show up to your interview, <laughs> I was like, still think he's fucking hysterical? <laughs> oh man, I know, I hate that. I'm I'm that guy. Don't you um, think about that for a moment. It, it, it was fine. It happens. Shit happens. No, it's I know. But the answer is I don't have any, I don't have any help. And I don't, I, I parted with my agents one week before I released my Corona. <laughs> it's almost like if you believe in that kind of clearing the, the slate a little bit. And then, I mean, I don't know. I'm reading into it big time because I was feeling very stuck and it's incredible. And I'm having You're a lot of
I'm having the most fun and I'm also feeling like I'm being myself for the first time in a big way because I've always had, I've been known for this very serious symphonic music and I would sing, you know, I would, I would like do funny banter, but then I would have to ultimately tell everyone to like calm down and myself. And then I would sing, bring them home. You know, it would, it didn't necessarily match. And I always worried about offending people. And if I said, fuck, like who's that? Are, are grandmas that see me that not derogatory, just grandmas that see me, um, are they going to be upset or, you know, I just, and now I don't have, I haven't. Would Harry Connick say that? Uh, probably not. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm having fun. No, it's not. You referred to him as fucking hysterical, which, so granny, if you, if you, you still clearly got a granny, have you? No. Or is it other people's no, grannies you are Other about? people's grannies. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Other sorry. people's oh, sorry. grannies. Oh, my goodness. So, so, okay. So, we've got a career, a buddy career. Oh, oh Tom's calling um. over again. <laughs> this is what happens at this hour of the evening. In England. He's just all over the place. <laughs> You're listening to all the noise, people. It's, it's Tom has fallen over off his chair. Yeah. I don't know what he's drinking. Are you okay? Are he's you fine, okay? I think. Yeah, I'm okay. So we've got a budding career in, in acting, potentially on the horizon. Most people don't know what they're doing after, the, after this um, no. quarantine is over, when it's over, if it's over. Somehow, you've, you're one of the only people, maybe the only person, who's <laughs> launched the best thing that's ever happened to them ever out of this moment. I, yeah. Isn't that weird? And no, it's really shitty. There are so many people that are just greatly screwed by this. And... It's just horrible. That's all there is to it. And not just like people in the artistic fields, but everybody. Um, so it is It is very strange that this all came from having all my stuff canceled and also being forced to actually be alone with my thoughts and not rely on um, like a crew of engineers and cameramen and waiting for people to say yes to my idea. In fact, it, it, it's actually very liberating and surely there's going to be like a, a large wave of creative content that comes out of this because everyone else who's creative is also likely at home if they're not, you know, killing themselves in the bathtub. But um, we'll see. I, I just heard you start saying that this came about because of this, that, the other. And I was thinking, I swear to God, this came about because someone ate a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, the truth is, I mean, if I'm just being fully candid, that I was really confused about where, if my career was over or not. And so I... I Googled like how to create a global pandemic and uh, that information was available to me. And so thank God it worked because if it wasn't for Corona, I would just really have nothing. So I'm sorry, but also not sorry. Brought to you by Corona beer, by the way. Um, <laughs> so going back a second here, people know you, people may know you from The Voice. Then you went on to, which, you know, you had a sort of a moment there ages ago, I know, but it's funny how like, people remember those things, like with me with America's Next Top Model. It's a constant right. reference and it happens. You, know, you had a, a hot moment with The Voice, which was amazing. You went on, you did Phantom of the Opera, toured with that. You've been doing you know, venues and continuing to be a musician, recording <laughs> albums and had signed with labels and what have you. And as you said, it's a hard, it's a hard world, it's a hard gig, it's a hard thing to do. Along comes the coronavirus, you're in isolation, boom, my Sharona, my Corona comes out. You've got a, a whole bunch of parodies, acting potentially, sort of comedy. All these things are spinning around. Are you going to sort of be a comedic singer as well? You, what, what kind of acting are you looking for? What, what is the, the next step? Um, I don't know. The things that I'm being asked to do um, right now that will be visible shortly um, on some big platforms are exactly what I've 
have been doing so musical parodies but i'm being asked to do them for specific upcoming events that you'll see but part of it is perhaps developing my own show there's a couple things that i would love to have a talk show i would love to have something like what you're doing but just better i'm kidding <laughs> I guess that should show up. i'm not at all um I don't know. I, I, I have received some incredible emails so far. And I think when the office is open, I can only pray that people, you know, still remember me. But obviously, I love TV film. And the, the live show is very obvious is to sort of incorporate what I'm doing here and turn it. It's, only, it's just a one man show. I don't know. I, your guess is as good as mine. It strikes me. I mean, I don't know. I might be completely wrong. But if what you're saying, you know, you've been approached to do stuff after this thing's over and intro things and be the face of this and, and do these shows. By the time people have kind of gone through it and people start coming out of it, when we get out of it, because we will get out of it, I think maybe it might be like doubly, triply beneficial to, to being someone who people can reference back to the pandemic. You know, you're associated with something wonderful in an awful moment. It's just such a weird, such a weird thing. It's kind of like ray of light thing. Well, one thing I'm doing, um... The, the most recent video was based on Old Town, um, Old Town Road, and it's called Daycare Closed. And that one is also doing really well. And that one was sort of um, keeping in line with how we're feeling in my house anyway, but not really hitting over the head that, that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm going to keep trying to explore parody but that is just more life-based it isn't necessarily because I, I once this when and soon as possible this is over I don't want to then have no ability to create material so I'm going to start and the I was happy with how daycare closed. Are you worried or did. concerned that you might become a sort of weird owl Yankovic I mean is that well the yeah that's being thrown around a ton and so I uh, at first I was very not thrilled about that just because I there's a connotation that comes with that, but the more I sort of looked at it and I, I started following him on Instagram, he it's is okay. followed by every comedian on earth. Right. And I forgot he's a brilliant comedian that is a cultural icon. And so I was like, wow, there's very few people that have the status that he has made for himself. And I still don't love that title because I didn't set out to be that. It was, this again, was an accident. So it seems weird. But Yahoo did this huge feature last week where they called me the Weird Al of the COVID era. And that made, I was really flattered, but also very uncomfortable with that because Weird Al is alive and Weird Al is, is the Weird Al of any era. And it, and it also made it seem like I was somehow endorsing that title. Um, but because we are in Hollywood, I had a few people that I know reach out and say, hey, I saw your article. Hey, I, I like, I used to work for with Weird Al. So I had a couple people that had a connection and I, I asked them, what, if I wrote an email, would you pass it on? And so they did. And within five minutes, I was in an email with Weird Al. This wow. is last week. And who is the nicest man ever. And uh, I, my email to him strictly was just like a humble introduction I'm, I'm, this is who I am. This is what's happened. People are comparing me to you. It's super flattering. I didn't mean for this to happen. And, and I just, I, for some reason, it made me feel better to tell him, like, I wasn't trying to replace you. I never cared. I listened to you growing up and I think you're amazing. And my name's Chris. And so he responded, he's already seen all the videos, fully endorsed them, said, congratulations. And we had a nice talk and we talked a little bit more about his career and the reason also why I wanted to reach out to him is because he very publicly 
was, uh, said he would not do my Corona, like way before I even knew that I was going to do this, you know, a Rolling Stone type publication. Oh, weird. Oh, you're going to do my Corona. I said, absolutely not. And because I did, and then I've now been compared to him, there are some hardcore fans of his that really don't like me because I'm a derivative and I also did something that the great Weird Al didn't, wouldn't touch. And I actually ha was able to understand why he didn't do it privately. And I don't know, it just made me feel a little bit better. You know, I, I, I can feel what it's like <laughs> to, to, to be disliked, to be irrationally, <laughs> to be irrationally disliked by lunatics. Right, well, keep in mind this is like, a tiny this is maybe 10 comments but of course that's all it takes to make you feel insecure on actually on the contrary the real un, the real unbelievable thing about my videos is that there's a hundred like a hundred and some thousand comments on these videos and they're virtually all positive and that is unheard of in in this day and age and literally there's a hundred thousand positive comments so people are going finding these videos and they're laughing together, talking to each other, supporting each other, thanking each other, commiserating, sharing, and it's all happening on these videos. It's uh, been so humbling and uh, really beautiful to see in, in the time when people are so angry, they're not on these videos. And I don't understand, I don't really know why, but that's what's happened. I think, Chris, that the reality is, is that it, despite the fact that it's clearly an incredibly tough time for so many people and a very, very, you know, hard and difficult time to describe. People are not sleeping. They are, you know, very, very sort of it's just distraught, really. And, and ultimately, you have provided a window and the ability for people to stop for a second and to sort of see another side of it, to, to laugh, to smile, quietly, privately, with friends. And ultimately, it's in every one of us. There's that side where you're like, you know what, comedy makes, it breaks the ice, it, 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 it humanizes things. It, it shows us what's, you know, the same. It's the same, it's the common denominator with so many elements and, you know, and you've done it. You did it very, very well. And you did it beautifully and, and it was, you, and it, it just seemed so honest. You didn't seem to be taking advantage of it. It wasn't like, you know, not to say that one's not gonna monetize it at some point, it's not a career change or it's not, and that wasn't the point. That wasn't what spurred it. And I think that's no. why it was so brilliant. Um, and whereas Weird Al, because of what he's known for, and because if had he done it, it would have been that he's already established so he couldn't do it. You could, right? Sure. right? Oh. So that was what was so special. It's your time. Um, oh. Look, I think it's been amazing. By the way, thank you for coming on Shaken and Stirred. Before oh, we yeah. thank lose you, you can we, we like to do a little rapid fire oh, yeah. um, question moment we call Last okay. Orders. Are you, are you okay. all right with that? Yeah, let me just lube up for this. Lube up. Are we Since you're going to be, you said it's going to be a quickie, a little quickie sesh. Here we go. Quickie sesh. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I feel like, oh, God. Here we go. Drum roll. All right. Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants, but I'm also wearing Crocs. So does that cancel out the pants? <laughs> God almighty. Who wears Crocs, for God's sake? Chris, those boy-rolls. Did you buy them? I bought them because my other pair wore out. Okay. Classic rock. Classic rock. Okay. Which musician would you want to to have parody one of your songs? Fleetwood Mac. 
Why? They're my favorite band. I would, I love Fleetwood Mac. Anything they do. Stevie Nicks, then you're, you're. Well, I well, it's really um, Lindsey Buckingham, and I love his vocals. Like he's an insane singer and guitarist. And of course, I love Stevie Nicks's voice. But those songs, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and I I remember um, in field parties, which is what we did in Kansas, um, drinking underage in a field. Um, there was somebody I went to school with who would always blast Fleetwood Mac out of their car, and it just is in my. It's just such a positive memory for me that I've just always loved them. Sorry, we, we Nigel and I were at school together. Does that sound familiar? Totally. Familiar. Oh, well, it sounds very familiar. It's how we grew up too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mum actually in Woodstock, New York, as it's uh, right now as as we speak, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, upstate New York in Woodstock. Oh, amazing! One, and oh. I'm eight miles from Woodstock, England. I mean, yeah. if you really want to start getting right. Wow. <laughs> The original, the original Woodstock. We got England Woodstock, New York Woodstock, and then you're talking about Kansas Woodstock. Well, who knew? Um, yeah, yeah. What's your What's your go-to workout song? Because you look like someone who works out. Well, thank you. Um, right now, it's whatever Peloton plays for me. I don't know. Oh. I don't. I like pop. Like I want pop music. I want like Cardi B and Dua Lipa pop. I don't like to work out to classic rock, even though I love classic rock. I want 808s to like keep it going. And then I do CrossFit otherwise. And that, you know, I'm too busy trying not to shit my pants in that workout to carry what's playing. <laughs> Go lower on your squat. I'm not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, finally, shaken or stirred? Shaken. Not over you, just shaken. As cold as possible. <laughs> Chris, man, everybody. Yeah. You can catch him on a hundred different parodies right now. He is the person who's turned my Sharona into my Corona and probably my Corona into my Sharona. Um, <laughs> what a pleasure to have you. Good to see you again. That's really nice to see you. Best of luck. And I look forward to having you on the other side of my lens, actually, very soon. Let's do Oh, wow. Well, hopefully, and whenever we make it back to New York, um, that's where you live, I think. Right. We'll definitely have to reconnect. And if I, if same with you, Tom, if you end up in New York or LA, or if I come to London, Please. it's just nice to reconnect with old, old friends. So thanks for asking me. Cheers for that. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.